right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hi, Erin. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's hot. It's hot. I know. It's so it's so boring to talk about, but it is like that is the big thing. Like all of a sudden the East Coast, we just got hit with like our first really big heat wave and now like summer's officially here. Yep. And you forget it too. Like I, every year I feel like I have to get reacclimated to the heat because Pat and I went for like a long walk yesterday like through a bunch of different neighborhoods and stuff. And like on the way back, I was like, am I having a heart attack? And I was like, no, it's just hot. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what it's like to be in the heat. So, oh, and also a PSA for any women with thighs out there. I wore my normal like cotton bike shorts that I wear like under a dress because like I only wear dresses in the summer. I'm I'm just a dress woman. And it they failed me. And now I'm like rubbed raw. <laughs> my inner thigh so if anyone has like a great suggestion for like shorts to wear under dresses or I know about the mega babe stuff which is great I just have to find where I put my mega babe stick um but yeah I would love what are you guys doing about chub rub and thighs I feel like it's not it's one of those like adult things like those adult woman things that I just like have not mastered like what the hell to do. And I have like one pair that I love, but I don't know where I got them and what the brand is or anything cuz every cuz I've had them for so long. So now I'm just like I just need to recreate this. And everything's just a little bit off. Anyway, that's not interesting. So <laughs> don't call it out. <laughs> you got to make people think it's interesting cuz you're saying it. And then if you say that's not interesting, they'll say, "Oh, she's right." <laughs> Well, I, uh, yeah, I think it is going to be very, very interesting to anyone who needs to wear shorts under a dress. It is fascinating because this is truly all that we talk and think about basically for the summer months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so this week we read uh, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. It came out in 2019. I almost said that was last year, but that's two years ago, which is crazy. Um, and so this was suggested to us a few times. It was suggested to us by our um, unofficial, unpaid <laughs> PR rep, uh, Vanessa L. King, who is in our troupe and who we also found out has a book coming out November 2nd called A Certain Appeal, which you can pre-order now. Um, it is Pride and Prejudice set in the burlesque scene of New York City, which all sounds very good. Very cool. I'm into it. Um, anyway, so she suggested it. We read her um, her message last week. And then we got an email from Anne. And so we've read part of Anne's email before when we were discussing, like, doing audiobooks. And I do like that we put out the call for audiobooks. And then everyone was like, here are great audiobooks. And we're like, cool, we're going to read them. <laughs> and not yeah. listen to them in the way that you wanted us to. But audio- it's hard, guys. Until we do our big road trip. Yes. Um, but Anne wrote, um, audiobooks, do you guys ever do them? The reason I ask is because I just listened to The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, her first book, and it was the best narration I've ever heard for a romance chiclet, and I've been listening to quite a number of them. Tried to find if there are any more books by either of these two narrators, and there isn't. I've got my husband listening to it, although he already told me it's not his thing. Oh. Yeah. Anne's husband. Get on board. Well, it's nice that he tried. That's all you can ask. Yeah. 
So before we get into the book, let's judge these covers. And there's three covers, which I was surprised by a book that came out only two years ago. Yes, that's very interesting. So there's the hardcover, which uh, actually interesting that this book got a hardcover. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of these romance type books with the cartoon covers come out in paperback. Mm-hmm. And, and exclusively paperback, right? So the first one is the hardcover. It says the flat share, and it is just a picture of the bed, and there's pool quotes on the pillows, and flat share, flat is in kind of cursive, share is not. It's cute. I mean, it definitely is, it, it, is, it, it looks more like a chick lit book, I think. Mm-hmm. than a romance although those things in rom-coms they're all kind of crossing over into this little not sure what everything is thing right now which is interesting and i like it it's 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 definitely like a di- it's not dynamic but it definitely shows you what it's about i think yeah and there's the co- two cups of tea and one is very milky and one is it which i like too which nailed because because Leon loves his tea milky. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of this this cover? That's I think that's a fine cover. Yeah, it's just the bed, and it. Uh, yeah, Tiffany and Leon share a bed. Tiffany or Tiffy and Leon have never met. And then the Kindle, the UK edition, is kind of very similar. It's just like a bed with a like a farmhouse lamp above it. With the same yeah. kind of the same pull quotes and the same line, the book once like one side of the bed has like plants and stuff, and the other side of the bed is plain. It's also cute. Yeah, that's the Kindle, the UK Kindle edition. Definitely not as good as the first one, but the one I had was the Kindle USA version, mm-hmm. which has Tiffy on the left, Leon on the right, flat share written down the middle. And it looks like it's done. It's a cartoony, but it's all. It feels like it's watercolored almost. Yeah, it's like a painting. And I really like that cover. This cover reminded me of, for some reason, um, um, oh god, what's her name? Sally Rooney's covers. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I I really liked this cover a lot. And it's funny because like, you know, it had been recommended to us enough times by people who like listen to us that I was, you know, I knew it was a romance. But it was surprising to me, like this cover doesn't necessarily show romance. Mm -hmm. And so yesterday during my epic walk where I was getting, you know, my thighs rubbed raw. Yeah, we went to a bookstore that had a romance section, like a small independent bookstore that had a romance section. So already we're in like rare air. But every, it was like two shelves and it was only cartoon covers. There was no clinch covers. Are and, we talking, are we talking books or magic or a different? Yeah, place? we're talking books or magic. Okay. We and love books was, or magic. We love books or magic, but yes. step up the romance game. Yeah, it was a bummer to me because it was like, you know, they had all of these, I mean, listen, she's a good rep in that she had a lot of uh, books from her publishing company, a lot of those romance authors. But it was just kind of a bummer that, you know, we've talked sort of ad nauseum about these covers and how 
these covers are kind of walking away from, uh, you know, the, the clinch covers are the overly romance novel covers that like in the way that romance novels normally are able to telegraph it. And while like the, the Kindle USA cover is like, is a beautiful cover and it is like a book like it is dynamic and you like you want to look at it. I think it also shows that, you know, like Leon is is a, a man of color and that they are both the same height and sort of, you know, it, it telegraphs those things really well. But it, it really bummed me out that there was sort of no uh, of the romances that were available at, at Books or Magic, which is like obviously a wonderful bookstore that I love and we spent a ton of money at accidentally and we will continue to do so in the future. Um, Not accidentally, but, intentionally. Well, we were walking by and neither of us thought we needed any books, but turns out we oh. needed quite a few. Oh, great. Did <laughs> Wait, did Pat buy a book? Oh, yeah, he bought it. He bought the uh, history of the making of the movie Goodfellas. Oh, I read that book. Of course I did. Yeah. That is we so bought, funny. He always yeah. gives you crap for buying books, and now he's buying books. Yeah. Well, we and then we bought books for our nieces because you gotta. And then I gotta. bought a book. I bought Emma Donahue's newest book. Um, oh, Room Room Lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what it's called? Pull of Stars. Hmm. And it, and I just really liked her book, so I just grabbed it. And, and then I was looking at it, and it's about the pandemic in 1918. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I really want to read about it. But no. her, she's so good, I am I will be reading it. Well, anyway, we're, we're anyway. really so far off the top. <laughs> anyway, so... Let's but, go back to your thigh rub. My chub. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, to say... I, so it's been on my mind. Even though Christina Lauren's new book... Uh, the soulmate equation was in hardcover, which I was surprised to see. And, you know, great for them. Very happy to see it. Um, but anyway, so, it, you know, I've just been thinking again about covers and, well, this is like a very beautiful cover. And also, you know, this is pretty much a closed door romance. So I'm not as upset about this having like a cartoony kind of chiclety cover as opposed yes. to other books that it seems kind of silly. So, you know, it's a separate thing. But then also, I don't know if you listen to 99% Invisible. Clean. Oh, no, but I, I'm going to. I have it I have it saved because I'm okay. very interested. Of course, Sarah, friend of the show, Sarah mm-hmm. McLean, is interviewed about it, right, in that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah, so and knowledgeable. Yeah, it's all about romance covers. Yeah. And the clinch and... Uh, it's interesting, this woman, her mother has written romance novels, and she was sort of, like, judging her mother for having these, like... And then I looked up the the covers, and they're, like, it's really beautiful covers. And despite her mother having written multiple books, she manages to never highlight any of the titles. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, okay, we're doing a whole thing you couldn't say, and my mother's book is called yeah. This. Any hoozy, that's beside it, the point. That's for them to bring up after a few glasses of white wine, not for us. Yes. So, um, anyway, but beautiful cover. Well, what I'll say too, and we're talking a lot about covers, but I think it's important with this book, is that what's sad, I think, about the cartoon cover revolution here that's happening is that I think as a society, we're just now ready to look at clinches again and not laugh at them. Mm -hmm. And so it's sad that it's moving away 
to cartoons. Now, we've also had, and you've mentioned it and other people have mentioned it, in that the a, a good reason for cartoon covers is the fact of there being able to be people of color now on the covers of these books. And a lot of times they didn't have models that were people of color and, and that and that looked the way the people in these books look. So there is a benefit to have a cartoon cover because you can accurately represent the person in your book, which I think is awesome. But then also we need to get models who can accurately accurately represent the people that are in the books that are now being published. So it is a thing where that needs to happen as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something for like, if you're an independent pub, like if you're independently published or something, but like, if if you're publishing in a from a giant publishing company, obviously this isn't on the author. No, but it's no, like, no. Then hire people of color to be cover models because like yeah. Beverly Jenkins has legitimately some of the most beautiful covers in romance, like undisputed, and it's all black people, you know. So it's like it can be done. You just yeah. don't want to do it. Most of them, you know. And, and then the, the last thing, and this is pertinent to this book, too, is it does start to become confusing, though, like you said, when cartoon covers, these happy cartoon covers have a lot of heavy duty sex in them. Mm-hmm. And so you're not sure what you're getting. And then I start reading this book and it's closed door. And I should have remembered that, that email because Anne in her email said that it was closed door, but I totally forgot about it and i was frustrated that this was closed door uh-huh because i was frustrated that it was closed door uh, we'll get into it when we get into the book right i mean i think you know it's funny that we're having this discussion for the these covers because i do think these covers all of them like pretty accurately portray what you're going to get in the book oh yeah so this isn't what we're talking about, but there, I think there are just other books that are like a lot heavier or denser or sexier or, you know, all kinds of different things. And they just have like a cartoon on the cover. It's like it's a little bit, you know, there's a cognitive dissonance that happens. But with this, I would say the book is fairly accurately represented through each of these covers. So very much so. Anyway, Clayton, what was it about? All right. So this book was about... Tiffany Tiffy Moore and Leon, who share a flat. Now, Tiff, Tiffy needs to move out of her ex's place, Justin, <laughs> and she's desperate. So she's looked at all these gross places, and she reads about this weird setup where Leon works nights at his job he works at a hospice and so he wants somebody to share the the apartment and they'd share a bed and he would be gone at night and then gone on the weekends because he would be with his girlfriend Kay. that doesn't work out and then (laughs) the flatmate would be there during the during the night and if they worked during the day he would be sleeping during the day so it, they'd share a bed but never really see each other. So that's the setup. Interesting setup. And mm-hmm. then there's a whole cast of characters outside of that. There's Richie, who's Leon's brother, who's locked up. 
I mean, I, there's just so many. There's just so many. Okay, we'll get into it later. <laughs> Basically, for me, like, that's that's what the book is about, and then they fall in love, okay? Yeah. There was... No, you know what? I want to know what you thought of this book first. Because I, we didn't talk about it at all. We we haven't texted at all about it. And so I'm very curious what your thoughts on this book are. Did you like it? I really, I really liked it a lot. Because I feel like, especially after... Our last book, it's not even in my mind. What what the hell? Oh, Minaj. Jeez, Minaj. I forgot. No, it's okay. That's the right way to feel about that. That's the right thing to do with that book is just put it away. I like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I remember my feelings about it. I don't remember what it was. But I think like after Minaj, I, we wanted something like very sweet and easy and something that goes down and... This was that for me. I think once I got into it, I was reading it kind of nonstop. I I finished it early. It was it was just like nice about nice people. Like, you know, there was a a pretty expansive cast of characters and all those things. It felt like just watching like a nicely made like eight episodes of a British TV show. And I was happy to be there. And it's not the sort of thing that I would like, I don't know, I wouldn't like, I'm not shouting from the rooftops, everyone needs to read Flatchair. But I think if someone was like on vacation, they're like, oh, do you think I should read this book? I'd be like, yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. I mean, I overall enjoyed it. I did feel, though, that this was written to be a sort of Richard Curtis-esque film. Mm-hmm. Like there was a feeling to me that this book was written to then become a movie. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That is very smart. But that the feeling of it, there was just certain things in it where I was like, okay, yeah, definitely this is this is based on that kind of Richard Curtis, you know, Notting Hill, Love Actually, those kind of um, those kind of movies with the big cast of characters and Mo and Gertie and how they're all in her uh, Tiffy's life. And then how there's that heartwarming Leon and Holly, the little girl that his, is his patient, that, that kind of stuff, like no offense. Uh, it, it was very pandering. It felt very pandering to me. I realized with this book and I kind of always knew this. And I think we've talked about this previously, I truly don't care what people do for a living in these books. (laughs) I truly don't care. I don't have any care about how Catherine's book was going to do and all those having Tiffy model for her and all that. You know, this whole search for Mr. Pryor's love from the war that Leon was on was fine. But again, who really cares? It, 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 I know it was supposed to show how good of a person Leon is, but I think there is a you can do that without making him such a martyr in a way, you know? I guess so. The yeah. whole Richie thing, his brother being locked up. For me, I wanted to read a romance, and this was, and I did like the stuff between the two of them, but it really felt like there was so much other padding to it that I... There was parts where I was like, okay, let's okay, let's get through this. Let's get through this. Oh, Holly, she's so she's such a cute little girl. It's like I don't care. I didn't I didn't 
I don't come to romance to read about this. I love the scene, and we knew it was going to happen, where uh, Tiffy walks in on Leon in the shower. Oh, yeah. That was a great, awesome, awesome scene. And they just weren't, and I know the whole idea of this book was that they're not together and they write the notes, but I just wanted them at a point to be together more and and less Mo and Gertie, for fuck's sake, please. <laughs> and, and you know, no Mr. Pryor. And, it, it, you know, Justin was a maniac. What did you think about her reaction to Justin and that whole situation? Because Justin seemed to have a, a profound effect on her in a really disturbing way mm-hmm. that culminates at the end with him, like, b- b- trying to bust down their door and leaving uh, holes in their door, like wood scraped off the door and foaming at the mouth. They have to call the cops. And then they're all, they just all go out on the balcony and and just laugh. And it's like, this guy is, in, like, he is a maniac. He's going to kill somebody. This is, like, so tonally off. What was your thoughts on that? I loved the Justin parts because I think it was just a very realistic portrayal of those kind of relationships and it's like interesting because as I was you know reading and and thinking about it it's like I would say you know not an insignificant amount of my friends like maybe like 40 to 50 percent have been in a relationship like that where they're in a relationship everyone from the outside sees that it's really bad but they can't see it for themselves and then they leave their relationship and there is there are these months of realizations and reckonings and understanding like it. Hopefully it's this. Hopefully it isn't that they get married, but sometimes that is what happens. Um, this sort of slow realization of like, Oh, how bad things were or how much that person really messed with their psyche or, you know, cause I think, there's this idea of and and this is obviously changing and that's and it's good that it's changing but i think there was an idea for a long time like unless you are in a relationship where like your partner is like beating you it's a good relationship mm-hmm. and as long as they don't cheat on you or hit you and that is obviously not true <laughs> you could be in a lot of bad relationships that are subtly bad and i think you know i've never No, there's been other books that have emotional abuse, but I think this was just a really interesting way of exploring it, exploring what it looks like when you're in it and also exploring what it looks like when you're trying to leave it. And I think, you know, Justin is obviously he's like a psycho and like obviously not a good person, but it, it was very realistic in like the push pull and making sure she never feels comfortable in what's happening and that she's always a little off and trying to alienate her from her friends and all of these things that happen. And I thought it was like a really nuanced and really interesting and like important portrayal. And then also to have Leon, somebody who's so, you know, and like Sarah McLean says, like every, every hero is a king. And so like Leon is so perfect in the way that he sort of reacts to her having these issues. Um, and you yeah, kind he of hope never that. gets frustrated. He, he, yeah. he gets upset at Justin. He definitely is like, this guy's a creep and I hate him, but he never takes that out on her. He never makes her feel stupid for ever being with Justin. Right. 
which is cool because that's not what you need at that moment. And that's not fair because, you know, Kay was Leon's girlfriend who seemed, I mean, people talk shit about Kay afterwards, like his, his brother. I mean, I think that Kay to me didn't seem like a super bad person. I think she was in a relationship with somebody who didn't love her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, so so she might have been a little stuck up. That's what Richie said. I don't know. I didn't necessarily see that. But I do think that was a situation too that was I think done well where Kay wasn't a bad person. I mean, he they barely were able to see each other cuz they worked different shifts. He would come on the weekend, pretty much sleep all weekend and then go off looking for Mr. Pryor's lost love. And Kay mm-hmm. was like, well, aren't we going to spend any time together? She was obviously knew that he didn't like her or love her anymore. Like He liked mm-hmm. her but didn't love her anymore. And that's a difficult situation to be in too. So, of course, she's not going to be the best person at that moment. Yeah. So I thought that was nice too. Like I do definitely understand the Justin – the, the Justin situation up to the very end where he – my big thing was at the end when he's going nuts and then Richie's out there and I'm like, it'd be really funny. And they even mention in the book if Richie just assaults this guy and goes right back to jail. <laughs> but I know that wouldn't be the way this book ends. No. But Richie kind of scares him away a little bit and then they all go inside the apartment and then Justin's just outside foaming at the mouth. And then they all just go off on – like I said, go off – onto the balcony like nothing happened and it seems i i can see how if you're looking at this in the movie sense you're gonna have justin out there just beating the door and then everybody's happy inside and it's like la 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 that's funny that this guy is now desperate and crazy but in the context of this book he that still seems like a very scary situation to then just brush off and i know she felt safe with leon and she felt safe with richie but like Anybody banging at your door and screaming and taking chunks out of the wood, <laughs> that's, like, very insane to just kind of laugh off. Yeah. Maybe I was reading that ending differently. Well, I think, too, it's like, well, she talks about it just feels like a toddler at that stage. And it's mm-hmm. like, I get that. Like, I've been in that, I've been in that situation like a long time ago, like when I was in like my early twenties, but like somebody broke up with their boyfriend and it was like the final straw. And then he comes over and he's crying or he's acting foolish. And it does seem silly at a certain stage. And I think at that stage too, it's like, you know, she wanted to be free of him. She didn't want to be afraid anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think her friends were probably taking her, the, the, their cues from her of just like not really wanting to acknowledge it. Like the police had been called. And so they moved away from the door and tried to like laugh about it. I'm also somebody who I laugh in really bad situations. Like my response is like, if anything gets too heavy, I start laughing. Oh yeah. That's I I think that is not uncommon. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't want to sound like I'm like too harsh on this book because I did. Obviously, after Minaj, this was such a nice change of pace. It was breezy, but I wanted it to be breezier in the sense that, to me, the side characters, I found no interest in any of them. Yeah. And so that, I think, had it. Because I, I like that core romance. Like, I know Tiff, Tiffy was, 
I dress weird and I have weird things in my apartment and I'm and I'll just get naked with an old man and jump into the sea and twist my ankle. It's like, all right, I get it. She's that way and that's fine. And I didn't find her that too unappealing in that way. And Leon I liked because he, you know, he's pretty straight shooting. He was very nice. I I mean, I, I, I you know, it is nice th- the job that he does. I don't necessarily m- think that makes you a good person. Like that that in itself doesn't make you a good person, but he obviously was a good person. Right. And I I did like him, but again, I just wanted more of them. I wanted the the the, the notes were great, if not like a little bit try hard with some of the humor. But mm-hmm. But that was my main thing about this book is that just like strip away some of the excess characters because they didn't really add any anything to my enjoyment. Yeah. And I like that she had close friends. That was great. They were very important. Although I don't know, like Mo and Gertie running into her to tell them, tell her that Justin's engaged. And then this like I feel like it was a little bit they were like a little bit too involved with her life. In a way that I wasn't so like happy about. But I think they need to tell her that Justin was engaged because otherwise she would like have found out in a time maybe that wouldn't have been so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my only thought process. But yeah, otherwise it's like, don't bother telling her, you know. Yeah. I think I think it's also like, you know, it's funny because I'm also at this point, like I have a lot of great close friends that I love, uh-huh. obviously, you being one of them. Oh. And uh, but like I think I'm at a point too where I, I, I it's how much influence should your friends have on you as opposed to what you have on yourself, right? And I think that like think I'm like I'm at a point where I'm like questioning that, you know, not in a bad way. I think it's in a good way, mm-hmm. in that your friends can only take you so far. And it's up to you to take yourself to where you want to go. And I think when I see someone like Mo, when I see that group of friends like Mo and Gertie, it made me be like, ah, you know, you know, it's great that Gertie took on Leon's brother's case. But it's like also, you know, Tiffy needs to like just be herself and like do her own thing. And I think that might be where she's at. She's going to be with Leon and maybe they're going to grow a relationship that is special and their own yeah well i think it's also it's like the thing is is like if you have a situation where or like the way you always start a romance novel is like these characters are one way and then by the end they have completely changed into different people and part of that is because of them like interacting with each other and i think the thing for this story is you know leon is a very like lonely and isolated person because he works nights basically his only people he really connects with are like a child who's in a hospice which is obviously like very sad but she ends up fine somebody somebody on the group was like oh or on instagram maybe was like oh this is a tearjerker and i was like i swear to effing god if holly dies she doesn't she ends up she recovers she's great but i do think there's something that like the only people that leon ever really interacts with are Dying His girlfriend, sick. who he doesn't like very much, obviously. You know, Mr. I want to read more about Kay. Like, I'm right. kind of into Kay. <laughs> What's Kay up to? I don't know what that says about me, but, like, 
yeah, like, I, I know they weren't good together. Like, Leon should be with Tiffy, but Kay's got to find someone, too. I think Kay has. I mean, I think the the issue with Kay, too, is, like, Leon just wasn't the one for her. And she really wanted him to be. And I think as she could feel him kind of, like, pulling away is when she just, like, clamped down harder. Mm-hmm. You know? Which I think is, yeah. like, a very relatable and, like, very common thing to do. So... Yeah. I feel like Kay found somebody, she found somebody like a little bit more in her league, like somebody who's like more into her because there's nothing sadder than when somebody's like really trying to make a relationship work with somebody who just is not interested in them in any way. It's yeah, tough. absolutely. But yeah, justice for Kay. I don't, she was not a bad person. No. And also they're like, oh, can you believe Kay is like upset that someone is sleeping in her boyfriend's bed? I was like, no, <laughs> this yeah, seems that- reasonable. Yeah, that's the thing. Be be reasonable. Like that's and then there was the thing where Kay wants to meet Tiffy. She doesn't want Leon to have anything to do with her, which I guess I'm like also understandable for that. Because also here's the other thing about this. Richie says this and Leon asks, how did you know this? But also agrees. Kay and him and Leon haven't been having sex for a while. They haven't mm-hmm. been intimate. All of a sudden. Your boyfriend who hasn't been intimate with you says, this woman is moving into my flat and we're sharing a bed, but we won't be in it at the same time. Trust me. <laughs> Although I'm never stooping you, I'm not going to stoop her. And it, yeah, like it's a little bit nuts. I mean, I know Leon's a good guy, but even at, at that point, you've got to think in your in your stomach, it's going to make you feel like, Oh, maybe he isn't a great guy. And maybe this is some weird sex thing that he wants to do. Like, this would not sit well with me as a person. So I think Kay is completely justifiable to... Now, judging judging Tiff for her size, being taller, it's kind of mean. But I think also Kay was feeling vulnerable. And she wanted to have any power she could over this person that was encroaching in her boyfriend's life. Right. Well, also, she's not going to tell Leon, like, oh, she's super hot. She looks like a model. She's yeah, just she's super type. tall, red like, hair. No, yeah. she, no matter what, she was going to be like, mm, nope, she's an uggo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, like, that that makes sense. I do think I do like the idea of, like, Kay and her friends, like, you know, she finally breaks up with Leon and her friends are like, finally, like, that guy never really, like, treated you right. He was never around. Like, he you're wasting like your time with him. Yeah. And then, you know, on Instagram or something, they post that they're engaged. And, like, her one friend who was, like, the designated follower, you know, when, like, you break up with somebody and then you just Mm -hmm. have one friend continue to be friends with them just to, like, report back. Yeah. You're not, you don't stay friends with them because, like, or you don't stay following them because, you know, you have to show that you've moved on. Yeah. That friend comes over with, like, wine and chocolate. (laughs) And maybe mm-hmm. also a bottle of tequila. And it's like, she married, he, they're, they're engaged. And she's like, I knew it. I knew it from the start that this was what was going to happen. And she's vindicated and she's right. Ugh. And she can move on too. Cause she can be like, Leon's a scumbag. Oh yeah. In her and, and, eyes, there's a friend group in London that despises Leon. Yeah. Thinks Leon's a piece of shit. He's worse. <laughs> yeah. He's the worst fucking guy. Because he sets up this weird sex setup mm-hmm. to trap some some unsuspecting woman. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like you can be different people in different relationships. And I think that is kind of like what romance novels show. It's like, you know, Leon is hardly I I don't think he's a bad person. And obviously we know his intentions and his, his intentions the whole time were like, you know, not creepy. But it is interesting. Like you can be a bad person in one relationship. And we're, we're not talking bad. And like you said, we're not going to be like abusive or cheating or destructive but just like not your best self in one relationship but then with somebody else you really are able to to be your best self and I think that's why it's like the the magic of finding that person that brings that out in you exactly and then hopefully Kay finds somebody and Mm -hmm. figures out oh yeah like Leon wasn't a bad person he was just a guy in a situation that no longer worked for him and you know, that's just the way it was. And he wasn't intentionally trying to hurt me. Yeah. We're talking a lot about Kay. Who is I know, in this, this book is mostly for... about Kay. But I do think there is this thing of like, um, and obviously this is a romance podcast and it's all about like the happily ever after. And that's obviously like the goal and everything. But I do think there's this thing of like, you know, that Dan Savage always talks about like the only, like this cultural idea that the only good relationships are one that ends in death. And one person yeah. dying, um, which I've always thought was like a little bit bullshit. And I think if people could kind of let go of that idea and sort of realize like relationships can be you can have a great relationship and it only lasts six months and then you kind of both walk away from it. But I think there's this idea of like if you're in a relationship, if it's good, you have to stay in it until you die. That I don't think is really true. Mm-hmm. No. But yeah, I always am like, it sucks that Pat and I are in a loving relationship and I don't feel like it's run its course and I do want to stay married to him because like truly being a divorcee is chic as hell. And I think I would thrive as a divorcee. Yeah. S- sadly, I'll never know. Or maybe I will. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's always my dream. But somehow I ended up marrying a guy that I just kind of want to stick around with. So this that's yeah. my lot. Well, you know. It's your cross to bear. God only mm-hmm. gives you what you can handle. Exactly. Which is a loving husband who I want to stay married to. Like if I could stay married to him and be a divorcee somehow, like I would choose it. <laughs> I just think there's something so cool about it. What What else? Is there anything else about this book that because. No, I mean, this book. Yeah. I, this morning, as I was like getting ready to do this, I was like, there's not a lot to say. It was like a very nice, well done book. It wasn't particularly sexy. For some reason, I also didn't mind it being closed door. Um, It was kind of a bummer because it was like they were laying next to each other in bed and then they like touched hands and then it was the next morning. And I was like, really? Yeah. That's all we get, guys. And there was a lot of talking about like her breasts. And that was kind of it fine i I mean i I, I I don't know it's like after menage i'm i'm like okay (laughs) with a closed door yeah i um i was really yeah i was really upset that she didn't go into his apartment when she first moved in and immediately sniff his wet jockstrap oh god uh yeah this was a very chaste romance in a nice way although there was heat between them and i i did want some sort of completion there i wanted some sort of hot uh sex scene uh i think it would have been very cathartic but i guess that's good i guess it's good that there was that tension in it you know that means that that the the author wrote two people that were sexy together 
Yeah, you could definitely feel the heat off of them. And it felt like they were a couple who were like very attracted to each other. And there was like a lot of sexual tension. I wonder why she decided to have it be closed door. I don't know. That's interesting. Whatever. She's the author. She gets to make her own choices. But I do think that this book could have been, could have had one or two sex scenes and it wouldn't have taken away. And I think they would have been really rewarding because also we see Leon B so buttoned up mm-hmm. and I'm like, how does he perform in the sack? Yes. You know, yeah. like, you know, Tiffy's good in bed. You can just tell the vibes. The vibes are good in bed. Leon, it's like, yeah, he's all buttoned up and he's really reserved, but he's like super hot for Tiffy. So I'm like, what does that translate to? We'll never know. Yeah. Well, the assumption, too, is that he's got he's packing one, though. Oh, yeah. yeah she sees is. his boner, which is cool. Oh, yeah. They do talk about the boner, which is good. We don't see any naked penises. Just, you know, he, there's a few times where he has a boner and he has to, like, hide it. Yeah. Which is great. Um, well, I don't know. That's the natural next question is, would you fuck them? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. She sounded super hot. He, I'm sure, would be, I'm assuming he's good and bad. I would Mm -hmm. do them both. Tiffy does say, like, that was the best sex I ever had. That's what she tells Rachel the next day. And I'm like, I wish I, I wish I knew more, Tiff. I wish I knew more. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could judge for myself. Yeah, I wish, yeah, I wish I knew what that meant for you. Like, is it, you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, Would you fuck uh, Richie the ex-con? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Would you? he's like a big dude. Like a big tatted guy who's been in the clank? Yeah. I don't like tats. So oh my god, you and the tattoos. I don't like them. I I think I don't know about Richie. I mean, K def definitely. Nobody else, I guess. Well, Richie, if I like met him at a bar, like uh-huh. a one night stand, Richie wasn't fighting would somebody. Get, yeah, before he fought with somebody, like after we had sex, he would go back to the bar. He would definitely fight someone. But before that, I would. Yeah, I don't think I would be in a relationship with Richie. Like, I think his personality would get grading real fast. But I think for, like, one night or, like, a weekend, yeah, totally. Should we do Goodreads list? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Radical Romance. How so? I don't know. And I didn't think there was anything particularly radical about it. It was good, and it was an interracial relationship. So I guess there's that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't find that particularly radical i don't know what aspect of it is radical so i'd say no don't put it on that list because i didn't know what was radical about it love letters romance novels featuring written communication yes yes lots of post-it notes notes. yes a lot of kisses though they left a lot of kisses at the end of their notes was is that like a thing in europe i don't know if that's a british thing do all the time like there's a lot of x's i just i like immediately, they're all texting with X's. They're all writing X's. That that means a lot more to Americans, I think, than maybe to the to English. Mm-hmm. Hidden gems in romance novels. Is this a hidden gem? I think it's a gem. I think it's like a really well done romance novel. You didn't but is like it, it hidden. Is this oh. not well known? I mean, honestly, had people not recommended it to us and then i looked it up i don't know that i came across this on my own at any stage mm-hmm. gentle feel good reads i would say yes yeah definitely contemporary romance books you can't put down 
Yeah, I bust through this. I did. I, I even with all the side stuff about that cr- crochet book, I did. Yeah, me too. I think I finished it in like two days, which is yeah. quick. Husband material, guys. Yeah, Leon's a husband material for the right person, which happens to be Tiffy. Yes. Like they definitely, I mean, they get engaged at the end of the book and they definitely like have kids and live in a cute little house and have a great life. Slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. And then no fire. A slow burn to just (laughs) a closed door. Easier to hear than read. We can't say, but it seems like possible. I mean, in general, is it easier to hear something than read something? Depends on how good of a reader you are, I guess. And also, hearing is involuntary, so probably. I don't like this list. Easier to hear than read. It's like, yeah, I guess if if you don't want to read then and you just want to listen, then just do it. But, but, but I think that feels some like books- it's knocking. It's knocking yeah. this. It's knocking books when you say that something's easier to, to hear than read. Well, if it's if it's if you want easy, then take easy. I'm very offended by this list. I know. I didn't realize that this would stir up I'm, this amount of passion. I, I, I'm fired up because I don't think easy is good all the time. Yeah. You know, you should engage. Listen, audiobooks. Like we've got a lot of recommendation recommendations to listen to this as an audiobook because it's supposed to be really good. But to say it's easier than reading it, of course, because it's passive. You have to engage in a book. You have to turn the pages. You have to give it time. I know audiobooks can be very long, too, sometimes longer than it takes to read. They're two different beasts. So if someone wants to listen to this, I'm fine with it. But don't sway people away from reading a book, I think. that's. I think that's where my anger is coming from. Well, I also think people, you know, it's books that are... I think there are some books probably that are easier to listen to than others. I imagine this one, if they do two actors reading each, like, a Tiffy paragraph, a Tiffy chapter or Leon chapter, like, I get that that would be easier. I think there are some books that are easier to listen to than others. But I would say this book was also, like, very easy to read. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine it was easier to listen to. But obviously, like... Some people listen to books just because they, I, I mean, there are people who are blind and, or absolutely, are absolutely. can't see well or something. And so then they're, this is kind of their only option, which is like, I'm very happy this option is available to them. Or just people who are busy, who just don't have time to like sit and read, but can sort of listen as they do things throughout the day. So I think having a list that's like, here are good audiobooks or like maybe the title should be something different but like I think there is a benefit to being like oh these are books that are like that translate well to being listened to here's what this should be called this list should be called easy listening books oh Mm -hmm. that's what this should be called because you're you're not saying don't read this because what this this list is saying is that don't try to read this because it's difficult it's easier to listen don't don't say that. That's not true. Yeah. True, true. Um, all right. Contemporary romance set in England. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> A non-controversial list to end it. Yeah. Well, and I like this, but it is interesting, you know, because we've read, we read a lot of books set in England by Americans. And it is interesting, just like the little sensibilities uh, when a British person writes a book set in England versus an American in a way that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely. All right, Clayton, what are your tropes? My tropes are flatmates to lovers. Rom-com. I would say this goes into the rom-com category. And yeah. it's, it's a romance, but it's definitely a rom-com. Taller than usual heroine. She's she's taller than than the normal heroines that we we read. Mm-hmm. Redhead. Hero nurses heroine back to health because she twists her ankle at the uh, the motel or, or like going into the water and then they're at the bunny hop hotel. That's a cute scene. Mm-hmm. I love it. Only one bed twice because mm-hmm. they live in a place with only one bed and then at the bunny hop in. Guess what? Oh, we thought you were together, so you only got one bed. So <laughs> I like that. Too much baking. Okay, let's get into this here real fast. She baked so much and left so many baked goods for him to eat that he would have diabetes. <laughs> it was an insane amount of sugary stuff. That, that she baked for him, which was fine. I get it. It's cute. But it's also like he's a health professional. He should know that moderation is the way to go. And he should have said, listen, I love your baking. It's great. But it's too much. This is too much sugar. It's too much carbs. This is a bad road to go down. So there's that. And then I saw your boner, <laughs> which is a great trope. Yeah. Aaron. What are your tropes? So I had friends to lovers, shitty ex-boyfriend, um, falling for somebody through their words. So like they really fell in love with these notes in a way that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Accidentally seeing each other naked, a cinnamon roll hero. Like I feel like he's the first like really pure cinnamon roll hero. Like he's very sweet. Um, well, he's full of sugar and carbs. So absolutely <laughs> he's a cinnamon roll. I like point. that you're like health professionals always make the best health choices. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They, they don't. They um, should. Yeah. Tall heroine. I love a tall heroine. We need more. Uh, interracial romance. A redheaded heroine. And then, oh, there's something that we didn't discuss but I really liked is that the main characters are both like struggling financially. And I think a lot of romance by virtue of it being wish fulfillment, it's a lot of people who are very like inexplicably wealthy or get windfalls of cash in some way. And these two didn't. They both were working, but not getting paid as much as they should and kind of having to make decisions based off of that. And I found that to be really refreshing and interesting, too. And they love what they did. Yeah. Neither of them wanted to change. It was just that they were both underpaid. I mean, uh, Tiffy gets a raise, like a well-deserved raise towards the end of the book, which is positive. And I think you you get the sense that they're both going to be okay. Yeah. But it's Especially not now, like because they have two incomes. They're a two income household. Oh yeah. Dinks. Double income, no kids. It's great. But yeah, I I would say also like more books about people who are like middle class or lower middle class or people who are struggling. Like I think that that's really interesting too. Neither of them all of a sudden get like a weird inheritance. Um Leon doesn't end up being a duke somehow. It's yeah. like it's nice. All right, Clayton, what is you swooning this week? So I am swooning about, and I think I, I, I was thinking about this, and I was going to swoon about this, is that I think I've swooned about three things that had to do with Liz Fair. <laughs> I think I swooned about her book, Horror Stories, and then her 2003 album that everybody hated, that was called Just Liz Fair. And she put out a new album, 
this past Friday called Soberish, and I love it. It's great. It's she's doing this thing where the last three albums she put out don't matter. And this is her real follow-up to her 1998 album, White Chocolate Space Egg. And people could say whatever they want about Liz Fair, but she writes honest stuff about growing older, and especially growing older as a woman, which I don't know about, but it's interesting to listen to her and vicariously, you know, experience some of the things she's experienced. And that, I think, is really cool and interesting and something that a lot of uh, male musicians don't really do. They, I don't think they really talk about getting older in a way that is like authentic. So I would recommend it. If you're a fan of hers, if you're not, give it a try. She writes the, the first uh, song on the album is called Spanish Doors, and it's about divorce. And I think it's a really interesting song. So definitely check it out. So, Liz Fair, soberish. That's what I'm swooning about. Erin, what has you swooning? Um, so I'm swooning about a a project. So, um, I am obsessed with <laughs> this subset of people on Instagram, uh, and YouTube where they are. A lot of times, they are people who are, um scholars in like fashion scholars or something and they decide to like dress and live in the fashions of like there's one woman named Bernadette Banner and so she does sort of like Edwardian and so she dresses like Edwardian in her day-to-day life and I find it really fascinating a lot of times these people also work in um like historical type theme parks as well like they do like Plymouth Plantation or something like that um and I and I find it all really really interesting obviously reading a lot of historical romance, like that's where my interest is. So I came across a woman named Shane uh, McKnight. And so she is, she's also a historian. Um, But what she does is she does also those sort of like historical reenactments. Um, She knows a lot about clothes and sort of the way that people uh, acted. She's a black woman. And so it's particularly how black people um, lived back in like the 1800s, mostly. And so she, on her Patreon, started a series of videos called These Roots. And it's basically kind of just exploring the day-to-day lives of African-Americans, like, throughout history in the Americas. It's only been in the Americas so far. Um, Or in America, in the United States. Uh, And I just found it, 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 I just find it really, really fascinating. I love sort of learning a lot more about sort of the day-to-day um history and sort of what like the average person was up to and how did they dress and how did they move through the day and what were their their daily things that they had to get done and uh what did they think um and so it's a really really beautiful project I think any I think there's a movement in history currently and with historians of trying to tell stories of the untold like people who are kind of forgotten in history um and she's doing it in a really beautiful way so her name is Shane McKnight um, her Instagram is uh, at not your mama's history. And then through that, you can get to her Patreon um, and sign up if you want to watch uh, the videos as well. But I think it's really, uh, yeah, I really love it. So that's what I'm swooning about. Now, Aaron, where can they find us? 
So uh, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at Learning the Tropes Troop. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have merch. If you want to click in the show notes, you'll get the link to our merch. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. It's how people find us. You guys, I feel like we don't even need to say this anymore because you guys are so wonderful um, and so kind. And so many of you have taken the time to write really thoughtful and beautiful reviews and we appreciate them and we read every one of them um so if you haven't and that's something that you feel like you want to do we would really really appreciate it yeah absolutely and we and we read them on we have the mini sods that mm-hmm. are really fun that we do now between books and we we love reading new reviews Yes. All right. So we'll be back next week with the Minnesota. If you guys have topics for us that you want us to hear us discuss on the Minnesota, feel free to email us. Otherwise, Lord knows what we'll end up talking about. Um, but well, we'll you know also- what we have to talk about. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I, this is an exciting topic. And this broke hours after we recorded our last episode. Oh, it's yeah. Virgin River season three in July. July 9th, I think. Oh, that is so around the corner. It's actually uh, just a little over a month. I guess when people listen to this, it's going to be almost exactly a month. Yeah, it'll be exactly a month. It'll be... Yeah. So that's super exciting. Obviously, guys, we're going to be coming at you with tons of Virgin River content. How could we not? Mm-hmm. We're trying to see if we can get anyone else from the show to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for that. So yes. stay tuned for that. We'll pick our book for next week. That's we always announce our next week book on uh, on the Minnesota. So next Monday we'll let you know what we're reading for the following Monday. And um, yeah, guys. So we'll we'll see you next week. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>